Welcome back to Breakthrough Conversations. My name is Brett English. And my name is Ryan Rotego. And we've got Sean Kay back again for 2.0, the leader of Uplift Retreats and the leader of SOMA. Hell yeah, bro. Hell Thank yeah. you. Thanks for coming back, man. Yeah. I appreciate your time once again. My pleasure. Beautiful to have my you. My pleasure. I want to jump straight into it. Yeah, let's go. Because I know that you run men's retreats and women's retreats. What are some of the themes you're seeing popping up and the differences between the two and the healing process that's going on within the masculine and feminine? At the present moment, both energies, masculine and feminine, are going through huge transition within ourselves. So mm. it doesn't matter whether you're in a male body or a female body or whatever you identify as. But ultimately, the question you're asking is when we put these groups into what I'd call silos of just feminine, just masculine, um, the women being on the women's retreat, the men being on the men's retreat, there is very distinct themes that come out of that and stories but ultimately, if it was just an even playing field and we weren't gender specific, they actually all interwove and all integrate as one theme. And the main theme that I'm seeing the most between both groups is this fear of rejection. Mm. And I know from my own personal experience as well, I could say it's my deepest core wound. And I used to say through different um, personal development workshops, trainings that I'd been involved in and this core wounding stuff, I'd always get to the fear of rejection being mm. the main fear. But then as I was saying to, to the two of you just before, the gene keys that's just come into my field as well really unpacks it further and it really says that the wound of rejection is the sacred wound. Mm. It's the wound that we've all got. But the way that it manifests, let's say in the feminine, is a lot of the feminine come into the retreat very um, apprehensive of what they're going to experience. They potentially have that inner knowing that it's going to be something transformational and that's why they've booked and, and they get there. Mm. But even on the day of the feminine retreat, there's a lot of um, chaos. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of fear, um, a lot of ungrounded energy. They're generally a few late. There's generally a few that I have to have a beautiful phone call with and just get them a little bit more over the line and get them to the retreat. And the main thing that comes through is they're actually all experiencing this rejection because they're terrified of being betrayed by the feminine. Mm. And the real key aspect of the feminine retreat, I would say, is the mother wound. Mm. And previously I had anticipated that it would all be to do with the father. And yes, there are elements of, you know, different um, parental strategies playing out and maybe a lack of love from the father or the mother, but the, the most common is the mother wound. And so the mother wound really implies or creates this lack of safety within the feminine mm. when she is around other women. And for the women on the women's retreat, that yeah. was the common theme. We worked through some of the archetypes like the wild woman, the witch, um, the mother, the crone, other things like, you know, the little girl and... What's the crone? So the crone is actually when they've gone through motherhood, they've, they've raised children, they've given mm. children and maybe, and this may need further, you know, research, but I believe when they go through menopause is the transition from the mother to the crone. Okay. The crone is like the wise woman. Mm. Crone's fucking powerful, but a lot of women fear the crone. So the crone is like your shaman, you know? The crone is like your medicine woman. She's mm. been through many lifetimes. The oracle. The oracle, yeah. Mm. She's raised children. She's, you know, the witch. The crone, the witch, they go mm. hand in hand. They sometimes, you know, use the word witch. Um, but ultimately, she's magic. Mm. And she knows that she's the universal force and she's the universal mother. And what happens within these spaces is... And so many of these women's circles are forming, by the way, which I'm just so excited about, like mm. not just within Uplift, but within our community here in Perth. So many groups are popping up where women are just coming together. And what it's really about is creating this safety, mm. which is my prime objective with the retreats and everything that we do, the workshops, is about creating a safe container for whoever it is to come and to feel safe and that they can just be seen as who they are mm. with where they're at on their journey. So for the sacred feminine coming on the retreats, it's really just helping them feel safe and comfortable to fully let go and surrender 
and trust that they're there for a reason, but the thing that's ultimately bubbling up within them is even when we fit in, sit in the very first circle, there's this underlying sense of discomfort and tension and resistance, mm -hmm. and some of them may not be aware of it yet, but it's because they're actually afraid of being betrayed by the other women that are sitting with them in the circle. Wow. And when I say betrayed, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be backstabbed or whatever, but it's, it's jealousy, it's judgment, it's guilt, it's potentially like competition? something. It's competition. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a big one, competition. And it's also this feeling of potentially if I share something here, mm. they're going to outcast me or they're going to go and talk about me with their friends and, and I'm going to be exiled from the tribe. Yeah. Um, and this is when we go deep into like ancestrally, this is what happened, you know, with the witch hunt and the mm. burning the medicine people at the stake was it may have been a man that was the perpetrator or it could have been another woman. And, you know, I just said before, it could have been Karen on the corner that knew that Betty up the road was mm. healing people and using herbal medicine and using her wisdom and helping people heal. Yeah. Karen up the road goes and tells the authorities or the army or the whoever mm. that Betty's doing that and then Betty gets captured or injured or abused or you know even potentially sexually abused by the perpetrators that mm. come to you know iron out any of that magic or woo-woo yeah. and ultimately then instead of supporting each other and lifting each other up as the feminine the feminine like Karen actually get caught in this toxic masculine culture that was so common all those mm. years ago and so within the feminine you know world it's really breaking down a lot of that um i guess the wall to trust because mm. when they trust each other they are unstoppable yeah. and being able to see that and witness that when they dance together sing together that in itself is so healing yeah. like in one of the um, main breathwork sessions on the feminine retreat they all and I'd, I'd programmed the music to try and invoke this or to at least potentially invoke this but they all just started chanting together mm. mid breathwork session they all started activating their throat chakra mm. and that only happens when you feel safe True. so you're only going to open your voice and sing in a group of complete strangers if you feel so safe in your body and so that's why day one, day two of the retreat, they're really getting safe within base chakra, sacral, the sexual center, the power mm. center, and then getting into the heart and the throat on the third day. But that's when it just naturally wants to open. I've seen it happen a lot on medicine ceremonies as well. People will just naturally start to sing mm. because the ego is not going, people are judging me, I'm going to be betrayed. What if I sound like shit, da 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 da. <laughs> and the, the energy just naturally wants to be released. And so for the feminine, as I said, betrayal, judgment, being burned at the stake by your own sisters, which is ultimately not the truth, mm. because once they break those walls down within themselves, because that's where they are, they may have been wronged, shamed, let down, hurt by females in their life, mm. but that's ultimately because inside, energetically, that's how they feel about themselves. So they attract it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or... And this is another thing is we say this, and I used to say this as well, we attract these situations. And I think it's, yes, we do, but it's actually for our own benefit. And that's why I was sharing the um, gene keys because we've got this shadow frequency within us that's been downloaded at birth, this shadow energy mm. that's ultimately like the lock. And when we understand and we attract the situations, it's like we're finding the keys for the lock. Once we find the keys for the lock and we crack that open, that's what actually raises us into our next level of consciousness or our higher consciousness. Mm. So it's almost like whatever you want to call it, God, spirit, universe, life force had this blueprint for us. And the more I've tapped into the gene keys, the more I've accepted that Peter Crone's saying it happened the way that it happened and it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't yeah. is exactly what was happening to me. I was getting rejected throughout my whole life, rejected by girlfriends, rejected by coaches, rejected by jobs, rejected mm. by anything and everything until I could understand and accept that it was the rejection that taught me the gift, which was how to shine mm. 
mm. and how to stand in my truth and not be afraid of rejection mm. was ultimately helping other people to then step up and do the same thing. And I firmly believe when you can understand some of these principles, you can be in a space and not even talk and be having an energetic impact on other people mm. because you've raised your consciousness, you've upgraded your DNA. Mm. And that's, we'll get to that in a, in a bit, but I feel that's really what's happening collectively in this portal that we just talked about is we're going through this collective DNA upgrade. Mm. And in the gene keys, Richard Rudd, who created it, um, calls it the, the shift from Homo sapiens to Homo sanctus. And when you look at sanctus, it's about sanctification. It's about mm. sanctifying our race, our people. And Darpan, who is the ayahuasca medicine man over in Byron Bay, talks about the rainbow world. Some of the Hopi American Indians talk about the rainbow people. And they're this next generation that, bringing it back to the sacred feminine, these women that are doing this work, that are upgrading these stories, are ultimately upgrading each chakra system. Mm. So the rainbow, they're upgrading all seven chakra systems. So then when they transition or when they reach their, their death, their chakras download into the eighth chakra, which the shamans call the viticulture or the soul chakra. Mm. And then that is then taken to its next assignment. But so what's going to happen is we're ultimately trying to change this world at the moment. And that's why we're here. That's why we're talking. That's why you're doing what I'm, you're doing and I'm doing what I'm doing mm. is we believe in this new world. We believe in this rainbow world. We're ultimately going to be the forefathers, the ones that put the things in place for this world to be created. It's actually going to be potentially our children that will be the rainbow kids that come mm. that will actually care for and run and be the sacred guardians of this rainbow world. Is that the Native oh, American well. rainbow tribe prophecy? Yeah, same, yeah. same. Yeah. And this is what I've been seeing in my medicine journeys lately, yeah. is clear vision of this is where we're heading and it's actually fucking beautiful yeah. and it's great. And we've got to go through all of this shedding and all of this just shit that we've been through this last two years mm. to prepare for what's coming. It's like this great purge that we've been mm. talking about. I feel like this autumn, like people that are watching or listening to this, get very clear on what you're letting go, what you're releasing, what you're removing. Mm. And this will create the space in the winter for there's going to be a lot of rain this winter, a lot of flooding, mm. a lot of water, but the water is actually what's healing the planet. And the water is the solution to our health. As um, Zach Bush said with Aubrey Marcus recently, it's like if you can drink the, the highest quality reverse osmosis like proper molecular structured water, mm. that's actually what's going to help upgrade your DNA because the oh, light from the sun baby, baby. <laughs> that's being released at the moment, all of this high um, coronal mass ejections that are coming from the sun mm. are ultimately then hitting our cells in our body and activating that water. And that water is actually what's potentially upgrading the DNA. Mm. But it's all interrelated. And the other thing with it is, I just want to say, we don't know. <laughs> We, yeah. we have this feeling and we have these visions and we, and we trust that what we feel is truth. Mm. And I 100% trust that we're heading in the right direction, but we don't know. Mm. Like we can say we know, we don't know what's going to happen, but we can keep doing what we're doing. And that's where the feminine, she's healing for her, but she's healing for her children. And she's decided, every one of those women has decided the buck stops with me, mm. which is so powerful. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to be my mother is a common one for a lot of them. Mm. Even though some of them have a beautiful relationship with their mother. It's like, I'm not going to be like my mother. Mm. I'm going to be the embodiment of the sacred feminine who's wild, who's free, who stands in her power, who speaks her truth, who fights for freedom. And I don't care who I have to step on on the way because they're going to break a few hearts and they're going to hurt a few people in their learning process. Yeah. But ultimately she's fire and she's going to singe anything that doesn't serve that's, the planet. That's the next thing I want to talk to you about. Yeah. When, when you actually are stepping into your sacred feminine or masculinity, trying to be a better person, heal and just shine your brightest, what are some of the things people are encountering as far as resistance and you know, people coming? Well, let's bring it over here to the masculine, masculine because yeah, that's a big part of that as well, yeah. is the masculine, the, the hardest thing for the masculine, and I'm sure you resonate with this, and it's a barrier that we eventually get through, is asking for help. Mm. Like, just to, to even share, I just had a call from 
my cousin as I got here, same age as me, barely spoken since we were like teenagers. Mm. And I know he's been going through a bit of stuff, has just messaged me this morning to say, hey, are you available? I'd like to have a chat. I had no idea what he wanted to chat about, but I had a feeling. Yeah. He's been going through a lot and he's asking for help, mm. which is Powerful. huge for a man. Like this guy's a truck driver. Like mm. for a man to be able to ask now, it means that men like us are doing such incredible work because they mm. feel safe. They feel safe to even reach out and ask. Yeah. They're not going to be judged. They're not going to be put down. They're not going to be laughed at. And it's mm. not going to be taken and, and put into another conversation with somebody else about yeah. him. So for men and the sacred masculine, the first is reaching out for help mm. and finding a brotherhood, finding a tribe that isn't the footy club, that isn't the pub, that isn't the work crew, but finding a group of men where you can come and feel safe is the first step and it's the hardest step yeah. and and admitting like i'm coming to do this and it's and it's for me it's it's for me but ultimately i want to be a better father i want to be a better husband i want to be better for my kids and the men that come once they get there onto that property if we're running a retreat it is almost instantaneous maybe it's thanks to great facilitation or our team or whatever but the men will drop in like so quickly, mm. sitting on the earth. If you look at our videos, um, sitting on the earth on the bear country, like there's an ancestral part of the brain that just knows. Mm. And this is what I'm most passionate about activating in all of these beautiful human beings that find our community. And I'm also now going a step ahead here, but the vision for this next phase, for this portal that's open, is to start bringing together more facilitators, more space mm. holders, more people, not because it's my idea, not because it's my vision, not because it's me and this is the umbrella, but we're one microorganism, we're one community, we're one flower of life, and the more people we can empower to be holding circles of eight to 10, 20 people, mm. running breathwork groups in the right way with integrity and yeah. with safety being the priority, because mm. there's also, you know, I'm not going to speak into this, but there's also a lot of people out there that have the best of intentions that are wanting to run groups, that are wanting to run breath work, and they're actually potentially like messing some people up because they're not doing it from a place of safety. They're yeah. doing it from a place of like, oh, I can do that, so I'm going to do it. And there's a bit of ego in there. And that is where ultimately you can cause more damage than, than you know, magic. And so with the men, it's getting them safe just as it is with the feminine. But the resistance to the men is not being seen as weak, which comes in the way of asking for help. Yeah. Uh, and it's not feeling alone because the moment they feel safe, the moment they feel supported by these other men, mm. which just comes energetically with a good facilitator or space holder, yeah. they can make that container feel safe and unified. And even as the facilitator, you're the facilitator. Mm. You're not the dictator. Because we've got enough of those people around. You're the facilitator, <laughs> yeah. just dropping them into safety, mm. getting them sharing rather than you always talking. Well, what are some of the key things to make a circle safe that a facilitator can do? To Again, hold coming back to ancestrally, like we have this in our DNA, in our knowledge to set sacred spaces, like mm. learning. Everybody should learn this. And, and I'm going to be putting together a training program to be able to do this and for mm. people to be able to also take that training program and to train their community and their friends because mm. it was all trial by fire for me. Yeah. It was finding the right shamans, finding the right medicine people, learning from some of the, the best people in the world. And then evidently when I actually stopped searching, they were right here in Western Australia. Some people that have worked with Lakota medicine, Native mm. Americans, some guys that have worked with the South American shamans. like. And they're more than happy to share this information. Mm. But the first and foremost thing that I do in every session, every ceremony, every private client, my own home, is I set the medicine wheel, which is the four directions, east, north, west, south. There's an energy totem, an animal totem, something that comes through in the moment. You call that energy into the medicine space. You set the circle. I place a, a rock or a stone in each of those four corners. And then below, Pachamama, Mother Earth, Gaia, Underworld, mm. connect that in. And then the sacred tree, which runs through the center, mm. which is our roots in the underworld, grounded into the earth, our mm. body in the present world, being high vibrational and alive. And then the leaves of the tree 
up to above the higher intelligence, the higher consciousness, mm. the spirit guides, the, the ancestors. Yeah. And we open that sacred space. And, and intuitively, ancestrally, everybody in the room drops in and feels safe. They feel that shift. They feel that shift. And it's mm. just a simple guided meditative process. You can be drumming, you can have music, all of that stuff's cool. Mm. But it's just taking them through that process. And Alberto Violdo, who's one of the guys that I learned a lot of this from, He's like a big shaman in America and he's very westernized, like he's got a big community. Mm. Um, he always says that true transformation only happens in ceremony when you've set the spaces like that. Mm. It's not just like, oh, let's just walk in and, you know, here we go, here's how we do it. Yeah. It's actually creating that safety. Then at the very end, taking them through a short visualization process again, mm. closing down the four directions, closing down all of that information taking it into the body what needs to be and leaving behind anything that no longer serves. Mm. And that alone, that's that exercise we do with the men and the women. The very first point of the retreat mm. is drop them into the country that they're in. Obviously, it's way more impactful when you're out in the bush versus sitting in a yoga shala or something. Definitely. But still doing that each time. Doing that when you're sitting psilocybin or ayahuasca or any of those, like most shamans i would hope are setting the space and they're mm. working on the space in the days leading up to the event is mm. they're setting that medicine wheel you can even go you know hi you can do a card card pull card reading for a, each direction pull a card for each mm. lots of ways you can do it and i facilitated on a online training program just on tuesday night and it's a beautiful friend of mine in margaret river mish who's actually leading it's called circle facilitated training teaching women how to run circles mm. and this was my i literally just went through part of my workshop was how to set the space how to close the space um, and all of those little things because that's what activates this primal ancestral mm. part of our brain that just knows and when we spoke off camera we talked about cirrus the star yeah the humpback whales or the whales they say were the first ones sent from cirrus with the, the the sounds and the resonance and the vibration from them mm. that actually gets sent out as these songs as these light codes that then activate us that's so cool man and i always had dreams about about whales and hearing that whale call they do yeah they have like this voice explaining to me what what that was in very simple terms just saying that it's a frequency sent out across all the oceans on the planet to harmonize the um, to harmonize the love energy throughout the ocean, but also letting everyone know that there is a mother, there is love on, the, on this planet. Oh, it's very really? basic, but obviously, that's, well, that's a good yeah. one. That's a good one to put in there for your listeners. But mm. um, the Gene Keys guy has yep. a 55 minute free guided meditation. So if you go on SoundCloud and it's Gene Keys Gaia meditation. Yeah, how do you find out what your Gene Keys are? Because on there, you... there's a free thing you do your free profile. Yeah. And it, it's called your hologenetic profile and so they look at our it's as if we're a being like a three-dimensional being we've mm -hmm. got this um hologenetic profile and just in short because it is a deep deep rabbit hole it's yeah. great yeah. it's amazing and i've actually said to to my lover jade recently i don't feel like i ever need to read a book again i feel like it's all here in the gene keys it wow. the way that he's written it it's all contemplative so there's no like hum and any like activation stuff. It is just all you read and the way that it is written, like I'm reading it and just, it makes so much sense. But the first, there's three sequences and I know we're digressing, but that's right. who cares? Yeah, that's where we're meant to go. <laughs> um, there's three sequences or pathways that we go through in our lifetime. And the first is called the activation sequence. And so the activation sequence, I guess, starts from birth. And it's basically this four point sequence of our genius activating. Mm -hmm. So our purpose, our life's work, what we're here to do, it goes through this pathway of activation. Mm -hmm. And so you have a gene key. So there's 64 different gene keys. And your gene key at the top is your life's work. And for me, the number's 22.2, which 2022, like no surprise I'm figuring this out mm. now. Oh, and wow. yeah, there's a lot of synchronicity there. And the way to activate that particular gene key is through dance. And it talks about dancing through life, learning to dance, and it's about being graceful. 
Mm. So it's having grace. So even though I'm being rejected, I'm being hurt, I'm being let down, can I just have grace to go through those circumstances and understand that it's all a part of my initiation? Mm. And my number 22.2 is all about initiating, 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 initiating. Your whole life is going to be about initiating. And so mm. now I'm like, actually, all of those real dark, challenging situations were initiations. When I look right. at it like that, it's like, it's actually pretty cool that I've been able to get through those things and keep going. Mm. And simple, it's really like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like you're in the darkness, in the shadow. Can you see that little flicker of light and then go towards it? And so that's what's activating my purpose that then comes into like my evolution and then down into basically the bottom, which is where your activation's complete, your genius is activated, you should hypothetically be sharing that with the world. And the way you do that is through an open heart. And this is where your Venus sequence activates and mm. Venus being the governing planet, Venus is your love sequence. And so once you're clear on who you are and why you're here, you then start to have better relationships with people, not just mm. intimate partners, but everybody you start to relate yeah. better because you're clear on who you are. You know, we meet these people all the time that don't know who they are and they're trying to tell you that they're a life coach or a mentor or a guru yeah. and this, you know, the energy is they don't even, you know, know who they are, mm. which is great. That's part of their journey. But once the Venus sequence starts to activate, this is where all your emotional intelligence is developing. Mm. So your wounding is in that sequence and getting clear on your core wound and accepting it as a part of who you are. Mm. When you can do that, you can be more vulnerable with your partner, you can connect deeper. And this all intersects with the retreats too, by the way. Because yeah. Yeah. you look at these processes that have just somewhat naturally, the, the whole retreat process that we use has come just through my own experience. And then bringing in other facilitators to add their bits and pieces. But then when I look at the gene keys, I can see how it's all come from gene key 22.2, which is initiations. So what we are effectively doing Mm. Every breathwork session, every amongst men workshop, every you know temple of eros, whatever it is, mm. people are going through these initiations or these micro challenges that are showing them piece by piece how powerful they are, mm. so they can get to that activation of genius and then step into the life with an open heart, be able to receive life mm. rather than closing off to life, be open to life, and so then our emotional intelligence activates, our love activates. We're potentially a loving, confident, we know who we are person, and then we reach our vocation. So we actually get really clear on what my offering to the world is mm. and how I offer that. And it's a little simple triangle that meets back at the top, which is my vocation, my culture, my brand. And those three things are then my clear purpose. That's who I am, that's why I'm here, that's what I'm here to do. Mm. And you imagine how, Imagine we learned this in like grade five. Yeah. You know? Imagine That'd if we started primary school with the gene keys profile. Mm. Like, like, then wouldn't it like therefore mean like you don't, it kind of makes it a little bit more complicated in terms of destiny and free will. Because that, to me, what I interpret it as is like the gene keys kind of have determined what your purpose and where you're meant to go. That's exactly what he's saying. So does that therefore mean you don't have free will in the, in the path that you choose to take? Well, from you personal experience, I can say if I had that blueprint, yeah, I probably would have made a few mistakes, but I feel like I would have always come back to the that path. Place, yeah. And that's why I think it is so profound the way that this thing is put together. It just... I've not been. I've not sat with anybody who's read it or, or looked at their profile yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. said, "Oh, that doesn't sound like me." Mm. But it's. I guess, in regards to your question, it's always important that we don't use these things as, you know, the be all and end all. Yeah. And for me, I actually started at the end, which was I just wanted to unpack my purpose more. Mm. So I've been doing this course that's just on the purpose aspect, not the activation, not the Venus and all that stuff. Yeah. But I feel for a lot of people, it just helped them make sense of their life choices, you know. Um, I feel, again, over here with the men, coming back to, it's partially related to what Ryan said, but um, with the men, that destiny and free will piece, that really intersects with the men, especially 
because a lot of the men are feeling lost. A lot of the men feel that they've been put into this system or this way of being like the job, their career, their university, but they know they have divine free will, but they're still doing the thing. And so then they find something like the gene keys or they get a, a glimmer of who they really are through a breathwork session. And mate, it happens all the time. They've quit FIFO, they've sold the business, they've sold the house and bought a caravan, wow. and they've gone back to what they really want to do, which is be in nature. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, yeah, you know, the gene keys, great blueprint, amazing would apply to anybody, but it's like, if you were to try and follow it religiously, one, I know you'd be a frazzled mess because it's super confusing. Yeah. But two, yeah, you probably, a lot of people would lose that bit of free will because they're so, you know, immersed in it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, especially society now, they associate, like, success with, like, um, how much wealth you've accumulated, like, money, blah, 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 and they force you to go to take the specific path. It's either FIFO, you go, you, you make your money, mm -hmm. you come back. Uni is the path to giving debt. you the, no, <laughs> the yeah, path to debt, path to debt yeah. <laughs> or giving you the knowledge that you need to acquire what you want, yeah. or to acquire the success that you need. You, you need, and then you attach that to like the rejection element of it. Whereas if you don't do that, you get kind of get ostracized, yeah. and they don't view you as like a um, as the top male or male who's doing what it needs to be needs to be doing, and makes it a lot harder for you to attain a female partner yeah so you get rejected by the females and you can also get rejected by society definitely but like how would how does someone go through that process of kind of shedding that and kind of accepting the kind of um the accepting that that is also a possibility for them like except like you because if you really think about it you can re you, you're really shedding a huge part of like your conditioning since you're very very young like what the, what the typical male is meant to be right now in our society. Because like what, 80% of males right now are lonely. They don't have um, any connections with females, um, purely on the basis that, again, they're afraid of, afraid of rejection. They don't have the success yet. They don't have the money yet. So how do they shed all of that and come to terms with the possibility that you can use your gene key and you can still be happy and you can still find yourself and be grounded? You used the word throughout your little entourage there. And yeah. the word was acceptance. Okay. So accepting that you are exactly where you are because that's where you are. And again, back to Peter Crone, accepting that it's happened the way that it's happened and it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. And so getting men into surrender is, I wouldn't say one of the hard things, but it's the one that provides the most benefit. And that's where these initiation processes are so profound because you don't really have an option you have to surrender or there's more pain, there's more resistance, there's more struggle. And then because they can do that energetically, then when life throws them challenges or questions or situations, you know, the natural tendency for the man is to try and figure it all out and to try and come at it from here. And the more you try and come at it from here, that's more overwhelm, more anxiety, more stress, you know. So if they have these practices, they've been through these processes where they learn to surrender, and start to trust that the universe has their back or spirit has their back, they may be in those positions. And like a, a guy in the fellowship program just recently, instead of, he's got like a high paying supervisor position in the mines, he's a super fit guy, loves his work crew, but it's ultimately not his purpose and he knows that. And so again, very hard decision for a man, but it's like, I'm not gonna go back for the next two swings mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna spend some time on my own and I don't know what that's like because it's terrifying because mm. I don't know how to be alone. Now, he actually relapsed about three weeks into that. But the best part about it, the beautiful part about it that I was so proud about it, was he came to our next men's meetup, which was a week later after having gone back into some really unhealthy patterns, come out of that and then been back at the next circle and then fully owned it and shared with the group. You know, mm. I was lost. I was alone. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to tell you guys this is what happened. Mm. And that's when everybody just embraced him even more. And now ever since that moment, it's been onwards and upwards. But for somebody like him, having the Gene Keys profile, being able to sit down with him and helping him understand that, for him to then actually be able to make sense mm. in a clear way of like, well, this is why 
mining and FIFO doesn't feel good mm. because your gene keys and how you're feeling is actually you want to be in nature as much as possible. He spent his whole childhood on a farm. Any oh, okay. anytime yeah. something went wrong, mm. he would run off into the bush and spend days in the bush playing in the bush. Mm. And for the last five to ten years, he's been living in a city, going to FIFO, living in your little donger, not yeah. seeing any nature all day every day. And then you know, looking at the Gene Keys profile, that's literally there saying, "How are you going to evolve and grow and be happy and find love?" It's when you're spending more time in nature. Mm. So then, can you trust that? By stepping away from FIFO, by having this blueprint, by knowing in the depths of your DNA that you're meant to be doing something based in nature, that the universe or God or a higher power is going to support you in that transition and everything's going to be okay. Okay. And they're like, mm. yeah, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to quit FIFO. And I don't know what it looks like, but I've just gone out and bought a new camping setup for the ute and I've, he's decked it out and he's got all the gear and now he's just going to keep doing a like swing here and there, but he's just gonna start getting real clear on what it is he wants to do, because this is the other thing for the men, and it does come up for the women. It's this space between, I know what I don't want, I don't wanna do the FIFO, mm. and I do wanna be in nature, but I don't know what is gonna happen in here, mm. and it's uncertain, and it's unknown, and it's scary, yeah. but when I do a breathwork session, that's the process I go through. When I do a medicine ceremony, that's the process I go through. Mm. So every time we go through these initiations, we can handle more a life's challenge, you know? Yeah. And ultimately, whether it's a relationship or a job or the loss of a loved one, which has been happening, you know, everywhere lately, mm. is when we've been through these processes, we can trust that everything's gonna work out yeah. and it's all gonna be okay. But when we don't have the tools to integrate our nervous system, is what all of this comes down to and our nervous systems are so dysregulated we're living in fight or flight and the water level is up here we can't even get a breath of fresh air in and then ultimately we come back from mind sight we have a bad day we don't even have the capacity to make a good decision it's too tired yeah too yeah. tired so we do something that ultimately confirms how we're feeling mm. which is i feel like shit so i'm going to do something to confirm i feel like shit and then it's a day or two days later where we've actually been forced to like think about it and lay there because we mm. feel so shit and then go, yeah, I'm never doing that again. True. And that was the best thing that could have happened for that particular man was it happened. Mm. He came and he owned it. He didn't run off and never see him again. He came, he sat, he owned it. And ever since then, it's been onwards and upwards. Mm. Okay. The ownership is big. Yeah. yeah. What would you say are some of the biggest limiting beliefs that you've seen across could cool. you've worked with. How many have you got? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe the top two or top three that you've really seen this re repeatedly that hold people back from their greatness or living their purpose. Well, coming back into this fear of rejection is a fear of I'm not good, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, syndrome. imposter syndrome. Yeah. It all generally manifests from the one core thing. Some people can get to it through therapy, years of therapy, breath work, whatever. Some people can get to it um, and eventually the weed might be pulled out. Um, oh, I thought you were actually talking about weed. Like. Weed? <laughs> Maybe that could help people, cannabis therapy. Um, but, but no, like the I'm not worthy really is the thing that then manifests all the other things. Like I'm mm. not a good public speaker. You know, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not mm. worthy of money. I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, which comes back to I'm not enough, which mm. is generally then, you know, all linked into I don't love myself. Yeah. I'm not lovable. Mm. which for me, the fear of rejection created the I'm not lovable. So therefore, even though so many people give me love and were giving me love, mm. now I'm really learning to receive it. Like even with, um, you know, like I said, my lover at the moment, it was really like a process when she'd do such nice things for me, she'd buy me things, we you know, always shower each other in gifts and love mm. and devote to each other. But initially, I became very aware that I wasn't fully receiving what I was receiving, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, thanks, you know, that's great, like, whatever. Now mm. it's like, yeah, I'm like, it's really going thank in. you so much. Like, yeah. it really means a lot to know that mm. you see me, you appreciate me, and ultimately we're all mirrors for each other. Yeah. So if I'm not receiving that, energetically she's picking up on that, and then she starts to question, am I doing something wrong, what's going mm. on? And you can see how that's all just gonna 
fester and manifest. Yes. And so that's why that conscious communication is so important because mm. the shadow within the gene keys, once you notice that it's there, the sooner you can sit with your loved one or that person that is potentially involved in the scenario and mm. both speak into it with love and be heard and be received, yep. that's the acceptance. Like, do you accept me as I am? Oh, you do? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So do I. Let's move on. Yeah. Next level of our evolution. And this is where I think, you know, we potentially take it next is one of the things that has really, I guess, solidified with me since the last time we did the podcast was just the power and infinite potential of our eros or sexual energy mm. as a healing modality, as a upgrade to our DNA, as a consciousness raising just potent force is when yep. you can actually come together with somebody in sacred union or sacred communion mm. and just be so devoted and committed to that sexual process. Mm. Like I feel in the last three to four months, I've just completely shifted my entire being mm. just through sexual energy alone. Mm. Obviously there's been a few medicine journeys and things in there, but just being able, I think as well, that can be so healing for both parties, but I, I really do feel with the feminine, mm. having a male or a man, or a sacred man, as I'm yeah. calling, who's done a lot of work on himself, who's integrated a lot of his own traumas and a lot of his own stuff, and can come in and, and really hold and support and love the feminine, mm. not just from like a you know sexual penetration point of view, but just intimacy, safety, safety, mm. safety, 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 so that she or her can just connect to the divine. Because mm. they're the channel that can really, really pull in a lot of divine energy. And it's when the male is there to hold and be the foundation. And mm. so that's why I'm so passionate about the men over here, yeah. teaching them how to be the best fucking lover devotee, divine man that mm. stands in his truth, that speaks up, but also is soft and can be gentle and can hold her, mm. but then also allow her to bloom and just be free. And mm. this is the, the shift I believe that's happening in consciousness evolutionary, is we're finding this sacred communion and sacred union of healthy divine man and healthy divine woman, mm. but it's understanding that She's the divine force, the great mother, you know, the, the one that's going to ultimately create radical transformation and healing. Yeah. And that's why we see so many of these women stepping up. And yeah. to be honest, I think it's taken time for the men. It's like they're going first now. The women are going first and then mm. the partners, the brothers, the husbands, the work colleagues are following because of the shift they're seeing in the women. And that's, that's what I feel. I'm here to do as part of my role is to really support both, but really educate and empower of how the sacred feminine can just shine. Mm. Yeah. How would you, how would you explain that the um, element of like mastering and nurturing your sexual energy as masculine to like a 16 year old who's just, just delving into it and just finally kind of like starting to kind of venture into that world? That is an amazing question, Ryan, because I used to be a 11 and 12 school teacher and I wasn't having any of these conversations with them then. Mm. But again, it all comes down to safety in terms of setting safe spaces to have these conversations. Mm. And the, the recent Aubrey Marcus podcast with Emily Fletcher, where they're talking about sex magic, which is what we're talking about here, um, they go into this discussion and it's like, you know, indigenous cultures would have had these conversations, whether it's through rites of passage or um, going through law or whatever, and they would spend time in circle talking about these things. Your sexuality is sacred. You know, this is how these practices are important. This is why we don't do this or why we do do that. Um, even, you know, simple things like how to put on a condom. Like we don't really mm. go into that with a sacred, you know, intention it's like here's mm. a banana here's a cucumber health pe you learn to put yeah. it on like what the fuck yeah. um but so for a 16 year old it's really having to be done in a sacred way from the beginning to mm. the end it's teaching them that it's sacred 
and then you know we obviously have all the distortion that comes from porn and and mm -hmm. the access that they have to this information so it's really i think empowering parents is a good start but again mm -hmm. has to be done in safety where mm -hmm. you're setting the safe container so there isn't shame and guilt and judgment and criticism and oh, i'm a bad parent and whatever it's here's a way that you can do this that's going to be beneficial for you, 16 year old, and you, the father. Mm. And that's the best we can do at the moment. Because you mm. know, if, if there was a book about it or a video about it, kids are just gonna laugh at it. You know, Western yeah. kids are just gonna be like, yeah. oh, whatever, I already know all this stuff. Mm. But when it's done in a sacred way, you know, in groups of eight to 10 with a male role model or with a female role model. Mm. And I really think this is gonna happen sooner with the younger feminine. Mm. rather than the men. Yeah. I love the men and the vision for what we're creating, you know, within this community and within Uplift is for a lot of these men that are now going through these programs and they're evolving and they're mm. going through initiations, they're already passionate about, we want to do this for teenagers, we want to do this for mm. young men. And so it's giving them the tools now that they're integrating and they're becoming their sacred masculine mm. to then be able to start to create workshops, circles, groups, where mm. they'll have the tools, they'll have the support from us and whoever's involved within our you know, business framework mm. to then have pods happening everywhere. Yeah. Have you know, a, a retreat where there's five to 10 men like us mm. leading it and we've got you know, 30, 16 to 18 year old men mm. and guiding them through some of these practices. Because there's nothing, there's nothing stopping you know, teenagers doing breath work or any of these modalities, mm. the only thing is the the belief systems around it. It's like, you know, are they ready for it? Da, 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 da. Well, are they ready for porn? Are they ready for gambling? Are they ready for nightclubs? Like, so they let yeah. them have that. So, you know, we can give them access to these ancient modalities that are ultimately going to help them. Mm. And I really do feel, yeah, I feel a lot of the women and the feminine that are, that are coming to mind are ultimately going to start holding especially the circles just the circles are a good start you know mm. coming together pull some cards bit of talking bit of pranayama just gentle integration mm. just getting them involved in these modalities and then you start to open up some of those you know bigger conversations yeah it's not like yeah come along and let's talk about sacred sexuality yeah you know maybe you'll get some you will get some real open-minded rainbow children like mm. that are on the frequency, they'll come and they'll be right in it. Like we had um, two sisters come on the recent retreat that were like 18, 19, mm. and wise beyond their years. Like powerful, powerful activations mm. in the breath work, just full primal ancestral energy. Like it's like they already had it in them, mm. but they didn't have the people around them to safely explore that. Oh, okay. And so if you can safely explore your sexual energy, the Kundalini, um, you know, whatever you want to refer to it as, self-pleasure practice is such a big part of that. Mm. And it's the multi-orgasmic man is the book that I get all the men to start reading. Multi-orgasmic man. It's an old one, but a good one. And Mantak Chia, who's the um, sexual kung fu master. He wrote the book? He was, yeah, he's one oh, of the okay, authors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've you would have seen him yeah. on um, London Reel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's the guy. He's yeah. amazing. Um, and it's just, you know, it's from the Tao. It's ancient Chinese you know, knowledge mm. that we've just not been taught in Western society. And so, you know, even little things like I'll teach you now, he talks about like with us, penetration mm. for the Western world, it's just all in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. Mm. And then one of the biggest things is um, a female will not receive a lot of pleasure from that just mm. because of the way that her G-spot is sitting True. is we're missing the G-spot mm. the whole time. If she's in missionary and we're just going straight in, straight out, straight in, straight out, we're not actually penetrating her. Mm. And when they talk about the sexual energy, they even go into like, you know, fucking her back into her heart. It's like, like really driving that sexual energy back into here. Mm. It's the same with the male. And you know, Mantak Chia talks about for healing, you can be making love with the intention of like sending that sexual energy to a particular organ. Like you can be mm. sending that chi, it is chi, sending that energy to your liver or sending that energy to your heart. Mm. Um, and ultimately, we just don't have any of this education in Western wow. society. So can we put it in a really like interesting framed way that's gonna actually create some sort of engagement from 
you know, teenagers. Mm. Maybe if we were to give away Big Mac meals or something, like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. or, or maybe some NFTs around this topic. <laughs> yeah, that'd, um, be, that'd be pretty funny. It's such a, such a big one is like, it's not just with the sacred sexuality stuff. It's like, how do we support these kids that are ultimately gonna be the caretakers mm. of the planet? Yeah, the charismatic leaders. Yeah, exactly. I feel like now yeah. is the time they needed the most, especially this transitional time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the babies who were born in the last two years are going to be very interesting. Mm, big time. Yeah. Um, but I've seen like, and I've met some of these kids that they talk about that are just plugged in, tapped in, turned on. Like they just know everything that's happening. Like you're having a, a conversation with an eight-year-old who's like a wise shaman. Like mm. just literally they are coming and they're here. Yeah. And, you know, they're ultimately going to be the ones. And I just keep looking at your beautiful artwork that's all i can think of it's going to be these these rainbow warriors that are gonna it's yep. about unity like and you know look at the whatever the word is contradictions to that unity of like you've got lgbtqi plus like all these different labels that are trying mm. to separate yeah all the yeah. colors rather than put them together mm. is one race one humanity one culture no borders or whatever yeah and it's just literally how fast can we get there is what I'm really passionate about now. Yeah. I've been yeah. hearing some amazing stories about women who are just pregnant with a baby mm-hmm. and um, having visions. Mm-hmm. Something's changed in their energy, like powerful energy coming through. Um, babies are just holding on that they can, they can feel a different energy in them. They're mm-hmm. like, wow, I feel so calm right now. I should be angry because yep. the baby's getting up every two hours and things are going wrong. When I hold the child, I feel so, like this baby's energy is unreal. And that's what's happening right now. And that's, they can't even speak yet. yet and the energetic... Parents that have done a yeah. lot of work on themselves. Like, mm. prime example is um, Jake Loretto, who holds breath work. I don't want to his session. Yeah, yeah. His, oh. him and his wife, Hannah, who's a good friends of mine, committed to, like, before we conceive, we're going to, like, go super healthy, do, I think they did, like, 50 breath work sessions each wow. before they conceived Sunny, their daughter. And you look at Sunny and just the, even the name Sunny. Like, we're on a retreat. 2020, I think Sunny was maybe not even two yet, and she's running around talking to the guests, like obviously not full adult convos, but yeah. she's like speaking words, and she's like, look, 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 animals, like for any dog, she'll just like go up to it, and the dog just loves her, like, wow. you know, I always get a little bit trepidation when I see like a big dog and a kid, mm. and but with her, she'll just go straight over, and the dog will just be like all wow. about it. Um, I was in a in a sand pit at a playground with her, which was about two. She's mm. like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like just wow. counting. Just Bad like, oh, Jesus. And you just look, their eyes, and this, I've got a book at home about it. They're called The Crystal Children, mm. which are the pure ones. And it's, there's all these characteristics in there of like how to identify them. And it's like yeah. these crystal eyes that are just beautiful and glowing. And, yeah, pretty sure one of our mates' kid is like that as yeah, well. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's insane. It's exciting. Like, I honestly feel that we're really moving towards mm. progress now. And, you know, some of the people, Darpan, um, Jamie Seal, talk about the inflection point is coming, which mm. is where the consciousness is going to reach this point and it's going to tip the scales in our favour. Tipping point. Tipping yeah. point. And those of us that are on the path are going to score the golden ticket he talks yeah. about, which is abundance, prosperity, you know. That's like critical mass. Critical mass, yeah. 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 Yeah, and he also says a really important thing now for all of us is don't be worried about the collateral damage. Mm. So it's keep on your path, do the things that you know you're meant to be doing. Mm. Don't worry about who's getting left behind, trying to yeah. like get other people on board that are just stuck in the old ways. True. And ultimately, they're either going to come with us or they're not. Next thing I wanted to ask you, right? Advice for some people who are growing on the healing journey mm-hmm. and they're getting resistance, pushback from family members, friends, even parents, people are falling off or just hating them for their growth. How do the people traverse that situation and what advice would you give to them in that scenario? It is, it happens. Yeah. Because it happened with me and I am good now and hopefully this gives them some, some hope but I believe they, they end up getting on board. Mm. Not all, but if I can speak from, you know, personal experience, both parents, maybe more so my dad than my mum, both times through these big transitions, like when I quit teaching and went into starting a business and mm. dad was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you've got a good job, you've got a good income, you get 
12 weeks a year holiday. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but this is not what I'm meant to do. This is not what I want to do. All I need is your support. And I'm like, mm. we'll always support you, but like, Jesus Christ, like, what are you going to do? Like, they just, yeah. I don't understand. But what I do know is the more we do on ourselves mm. and the more we just be in this vibration without being like, oh, I've been doing this and I've been doing that and breath work. You need to come and do breath work. You need to, come mm. on, let's do a mushroom journey. Like, yeah. there's been times when I've been like that. Yeah, yeah. That pushes them away. True. Like, they will resist what they don't know. So it's, it's like that, yeah. you know, we've got to think about from a higher perspective, our parents, the older generations, whatever, mm. they've been programmed by the news, they've been programmed by the media. A lot, a lot of fear. A lot yeah, of fear. Yeah. It's yeah. so foreign Come to them. Come with some mushrooms, man. Yeah. But <laughs> they, in my parents in particular, some of my friends' mm. parents have noticed it with them. Like I was at my mate Brendo's this morning doing an ice bath nice. um, and his dad initially was very much like, ice bath like what the hell like what do you want to get in the ice bath for and now he's getting in the ice bath like, oh really and they don't they it's it's funny they don't acknowledge that they've made the jump they don't mm. they don't acknowledge that they're coming with us they just start coming yeah and you just keep doing the work and my question for those people who are hoping or waiting for other people to get on board mm. is can you just let go of those cords or attachments the bungee cord that you're holding on to like mom or dad or yeah. wanting that and can you just solely focus on you and what feels good for you mm. and keep doing those things and trust yeah. that the universe has your back and eventually like happened with me the phone's going to ring one day and it's going to be dad and you're just going to have the best chat that you've ever had mm. about nothing in particular. And I've got off the phone call just being like, who was that? Yeah. Now it's like I'll receive a text message just randomly on a Saturday night at six o'clock and he's not drunk, mm. just saying, love you, mate. Like they will get on board and I know that they will come with us, but we have to be the ones that do this for ourselves. I think that's a sign that you've like traversed a parallel dimension. <laughs> Maybe. Because like, that's not the same man he was two weeks ago. Yeah, you know? it, 100%. But like, even, um, so speaking into that, doing a little two gram psilocybin journey on Monday, it was actually at six o'clock Monday when we were in the journey that mm, he sent the message. No, my dad oh, okay. didn't even know that, that I was doing a journey. Wow. We were in Margaret River, um, me and Jay, doing this journey and having a you know, great time, went through a big cathartic process that she held me through, which was amazing and so grateful for. But a lot of what I've been clearing was his stuff, was my uncle's stuff. They were left by their mother as kids. That's where a lot of this rejection came from. A lot of the healing's like, yeah, back and forwards and sideways, yeah. Yeah, and so it was like, I was very present with that. And it was like, I was pushing, well, Jade was actually pushing all of that energy out of my spine, out of my back and releasing wow. it. And she could see it, feel it, and everything of what That's I was amazing. seeing and feeling. Um, and then it was the next morning when I turned my phone on, I saw that that, that time, the night before, he'd sent me a text saying, love you, mate. Mm. And I'm like, showing, it's like, no way. Like, literally, they, she felt them come through. I felt them come through. And so that obviously left him as well. Yeah. That resistance or that energy. And that's yeah. what I've noticed happen through breath mm. work, through medicine journeys clearing energy for our families and our ancestral line. Mm. It's like clearing out those channels, clearing out those, whatever you want to call them, tubes, cords. Mm. You're just literally recalibrating. And I'm learning more and more about the mushrooms and the mycelium. And it's almost like that those little mushroom friends have just got all of this information from below, from mm. the underworld, all of this ancestral knowledge yeah. of like, here's how we clear this system out. Is mm. how we plug it back into source. Well, almost like these mycelium networks are like the nervous system of yeah, the planet. Exactly. Like they transfer nutrients to different trees and they traverse whole entire countries sometimes. Well, that's why I was in Margaret River, I but I felt it. my hometown in Bindoon. Mm. I felt Nakara in Geraldton, where we're going to be doing this um, festival. Mm. It was like this whole grid. And even where I'm living now in Kings Park, mm. was like, I feel like I'm here for three months to really just be in a good vibration in that space yeah. and, you know, potentially be here to watch the place flood. <laughs> <laughs> so you're up on the hill, are you? I'm actually in an apartment down the bottom. Oh, if really? If it rises about 
floor to roof. I'll be uh, where West Perth, you say? No, I'll Mounts be... Bay Road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, down the bottom of Kings Park, not up the top. Oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, yeah. damn. Bottoms of Jacob Ladder. I'm gonna say I'll be moving in if the floods come in, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll be moving to Scarborough. True, true. Joking about. Well, I hope it doesn't matter. It doesn't actually happen. Exactly. Yeah. No, it should, it should. I'll be alright. Yeah. We're two stories here. Now, was there anything else that you would? really wanted to get out and, and, and explain. I know we had a few things to touch well, on, but we've yeah, lost really track of it. Yeah, I really feel, as we all do, and those probably listening to this, that we're in this really pivotal time now. And the date that I spoke about, or the date that I kept getting, was the 8th of the 8th, 2022, mm. which, for those that haven't experienced or looked into it before, the Lionsgate portal is what it's known as. It's where Cirrus, the star, or the dog star, or mm. you know, potentially the star we've all been sent from, is closest to Earth and it's like this high frequency consciousness is available to us. Mm. And what kept coming through was that between now and then, we have to be very deliberate and very conscious of what we are carrying forward past the eighth of the eighth. Mm. So what do we need to let go of? What are the things that need to change? It's just interesting to see how many people intuitively have changed the way they're eating as well. I've seen a lot of my friends go from like veganism and vegetarian back to primal, back to carnivore, back to eating all of those like ancestral mm. foods yep. and the dividends that it's been paying, like me included. Um, just lots of things happening that people are just really becoming curious and really starting to notice the synchronicities, the coincidences, mm. you know, the numbers, the signs, all those things. Mm. And I really feel that anybody listening to this Today's the new moon as well, so perfect time to set some intentions. But it's like from now until the 8th of the 8th, what life do you want? What, what world do you want to live in? What society look like? What does the planet look like? And it's more than just, and this is a big thing in the shamanic work that I do, it's getting away from this me mentality of what do I want for my life? Like I want this car and this house and this income. But the shamans call it dreaming the world into being which is you're dreaming of this new world, of mm. this rainbow world. You're visualizing it, you're imagining it, you're feeling what it would look like, feel like, taste, touch, all of that to be in this beautiful rainbow world. Mm. And for me, when I do it, and when I've had it in the um, medicine journeys, it's children are playing in nature, parents are watching them, there's beautiful mm. birds. And I've noticed, I don't know if anyone else has, I've noticed an abundance of new birds in Western Australia this last six to 12 months seen some really interesting rainbow colored like lorikeets, mm. like a parrot, but they're like red with blue and very wow. interesting bird. Yeah. Um, the black cockatoos with the red tails have been everywhere. Yeah. And I really, again, I'm tripping balls when I see these things, but mm. I really feel the birds are the higher intelligence and they're mm. the ones that are really orchestrating, you know, their songs, their sounds. Mm. The whales make those sounds, yeah. resonance. The birds make these sounds. And it's just activating so mm. much within us. But um, the things for people to come back to, I believe, are evolutionary drivers. So the things that are actually going to help us evolve. Mm. Breathing, sacred sexuality, embodiment, substances, mm. music, dance, nature. And I'm going to throw an extra in there because I said eight. Well, seven's a good number. The gene keys. But those things are there, they're, they're free, like they're free mm. resources that you can do yourself. Mm. They're not having to work with a guru or they're not having to, mm. you know, if you want to sit plant medicine, then yeah, probably. But, you know, you can do breath work on your own. You can mm. do sacred sexuality at home. Embodiment mm. practices is a, an array of anything movement based, anything yeah. somatic that you're feeling in your body. Substances, you know, I'm talking um, plant medicine ceremonies, you know, even Ketamine meditations has become a big thing. Ketamine meditations. Ketamine, Aubrey Marcus is right into his really? ketamine meditations. Yeah. I'm not too drawn towards anything that's synthetically produced. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? I'm, not I'm not interested in ketamine or LSD or any of those things, but mm. it is a big thing in America now. Ketamine True. meditations, MDMA meditations. Mm. Um, That'll again, be hectic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to meditate. <laughs> MDMA is next Because what they talk about with ketamine I get is visions on MDMA. Yeah. it like, takes oh, you into that um, transpersonal space mm. or that hyperspace yeah. realm where you're actually almost like looking at yourself meditating yeah um aubrey's talked about it a few times that's the only reason i knew that mm. um but then dance like ecstatic dance any dance like dance is so primal and activating and ancestral it's connection it's love it's mm. you know i'm on my friend yole's podcast next week and she's venezuelan and she talks about how in venezuela 
with the man and the woman, they were just always dancing together and there's no like funny like, oh, he's trying to hit on me or whatever. So like you'd go to a party on a Sunday, a barbecue, you'd take some beers, whatever, the music would be playing and you'd just dance with whoever. Mm -hmm. Your boyfriend would be there with his friends and you'd be there with your friends and you'd be dancing with all different men and he'd be dancing with all different women and there was no like, you know, Weirdness weird energy that, going yeah. on. It just, it just was and that's that connection. True. Yeah. And so coming back to those evolutionary drivers, that's why we're seeing so many groups creating festivals, creating events, creating conscious, you know, activations because mm. they feel this, they know this is so important mm. and I believe it's, it's happening and it's time that we all start doing it together. Yeah. And that's what I've seen a lot of lately, this cross-pollination mm. where there's different, you know, let's say... Firma was a good example of the cross-pollination. Yeah. That was huge, what that's I was That's what I wanted to yeah. really create was having multiple movements, facilitators, mm. people that are sharing this medicine within their community and then mm. doing it in bigger groups. The lady on Aubrey's podcast the other day, her goal is to have 80,000 people in one location doing sex magic and literally sacred sexuality practices oh, damn, that'd be and, insane. and creating a vision of the planet as they do it. Wow. Because that sexual energy is so powerful for manifestation. Mm. And that's, you know, if I can, again, speak from experience, I can honestly say, and it makes sense, the more sacred sex I've been having, mm. the more has been manifesting in my life the more opportunities have just been coming my way mm. without even making a call or an email. People just out of nowhere are like, oh, we'd love you to come and facilitate a retreat for our five lawyers. What wow. would it cost? Have you read the um, Lost Gospel of Philip? No. Apparently it's meant to be a Bible text from the um, disciple Philip, but it's about this sexual, um, divine sexuality between Jesus' parents, of all, of all things, and the intention behind that, which was obviously left out of the Bible, but it's a pretty good one if you're, if you're interested in that kind of thing. Definitely. Wait, how many, how many yeah. books were actually left out of the Bible then? Is it, is heaps. Like, oh, heaps. But, but, yeah. There are seven that I've got. Um, I've got one, question. well, Jade's got one that she's reading at the moment called The Manuscripts Found in Acre. Oh, wow. Paulo Coelho actually translated it from mm. whatever it was in Hebrew, I think, into yeah. English. Oh, okay. Is he yeah. the one who wrote The Alchemist? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, what's yeah, it called yeah. again? Um, Manuscripts of Acre, A-C-C-I-A. And they were found in Egypt in like this um, crypt or whatever they call it. Wow. And somebody translated it originally and then Paulo Coelho later got permission from the Museum of Cairo or something to mm. translate it into English. Nice. But that's, they believe, like a section from Mary Magdalene that mm. was left out of the Bible nice. because all the bishops and archbishops were like, we're not putting anything from a female yeah, in the Bible. Yeah. And so it's, it is, there's a chapter about sacred sexuality. There's a chapter about how nature and the seasons work. There's, it's just mm. all this really simple but profound information about life. Yeah. Like, you know, what about forgiveness? And then there's a whole chapter about it. Mm. It's basically a, the whole book's written like there was a religious man or, a, or a, a copt sitting in the square. They were about to be invaded by an army and they were all trying to get this information before the army came and then mm. they dispersed the information and hid wow. all the information. It's pretty cool. Love it. One of the cool, best yeah. books. No, I've that's read. interesting. Yeah, I'd love to get my hands on that. Solid. Might have to yeah. borrow it because I think it's hard to find. But I'm most welcome to yeah, man, pass it around. I'll do some hunting for it. But, yeah. All right, man. That's pretty that's much. It. That's yeah. a wrap. Yeah, bro. My pleasure. Yeah, thank always. you so much. It was beautiful. I love it. Appreciate it, brother. Bring it in, man. Hugs all around. Love you guys. Love you too, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can't wait for you guys to just keep expanding and growing and yeah.